Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. Welcome in, everybody. Glad to see you on this Monday. Welcome into the Rebel Report. My name is Michael Borky. And we've got a good bit to talk about today. So the baseball series happened this weekend despite a snow interruption. And Sunday, some of you guys, if you were at the game, literally had to move your sections because they couldn't clear the ice out of the stadium fast enough for you to sit in your regular seat. But baseball was played nonetheless in your team after a successful weekend. And that's what it was, a successful weekend. I know you would love to sweep. Sweeps are more fun than not sweeps, but after a successful week and weekend in Texas, having the opposite, Ole Miss now the number one team in college baseball, and please forgive me, allergies are kicking my butt, the weather changing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth is wrecking me. So if you hear random pauses or whatever, please, please forgive me. We've got that to talk about. I've got a brief thought on Michael White to Georgia because apparently some Ole Miss fans are mad at Keith Carter about that, and I don't quite understand. So we'll get to that. But let's start with a quick shout-out. I don't particularly cover women's basketball that much on here uh, or the radio show. And and quite frankly, the the demand – And I think in part because of what the program has been for so long uh, has created that, but the demand isn't as high there. It's just that simple. Um, But with the direction your program is going, maybe that will change. For the first time in forever, your women's basketball team is dancing. Uh, It it cannot be overstated. And I say that every time I, I say something like this. It simply cannot be overstated the kind of a job that Coach Yo has done. Yeah, at Ole Miss. She has elevated the profile of the school. She has recruited extremely well. Two years ago, what, they were winless in SEC play, and they were playing student managers minutes because they had to. They just didn't have any options. They had to play student managers because that was the the state of the program at that time. It was decimated by NCAA sanctions, and she was taking over a dumpster fire. A complete and total colossal Dumpster fire. Coach Yo took over, and in very short order, she made it an at-large, very comfortably safe NCAA tournament team. So I'm excited to watch them play in the tournament. I think that's really cool. It, it does not happen. Um, the women's basketball tournament is is highly watched. Um, it, it's something that people nationally do pay attention to. Of course, not anywhere in the same atmosphere as the men's tournament, but still, it, it's a very uh, well-consumed product. And for the first time in forever, you are a part of that product. So enjoy it. Um, you know, she represents the school well. The program's in really good shape. Yeah, she's going to lose some pieces, but she's going to recruit well because that's what she does. And you've got, if you can hold off Ross Bjork, who has never had an original thought in his life, um, from po- uh, poaching her from Ole Miss, then then you have uh, – you're about to have a stable and successful women's basketball program for as long as she's around. And as long as she's around, the program will elevate. And that's a great thing. So shout out to them. That is that is really cool seeing a bunch of young college kids 
cheering for their selection in the NCAA tournament is always a cool thing to see. And that was really cool to see from the pavilion yesterday. So awesome accomplishment. Uh, I hope you guys will watch it. And because you should, they deserve it. They deserve your support. Even if you're not, you know, a, a fan, if, if you don't really pay attention, like I know a lot of you don't, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not fan shaming. I completely understand why that does not happen. So, so I'm not going there, but if you're one of those people that has not uh, supported the team, here's a, a chance. And, and I think you should, and, and I'm in the same boat as you. I've watched them play. I watched them play two games this year. That's spirit of full disclosure. I probably shouldn't admit that on this podcast, but that is the truth. Um, that's all I've I've watched this year. I am going to make it a point on Friday. It's at 1230 out of Waco, Texas on ESPN2, by the way, so it won't be hard for you to find. They're playing South Dakota. And if they win, they'll get a shot at Baylor. Uh, if you got nothing better to do on a Friday, I'd encourage you to check it out. Uh, they represent you well. So... Give them a shot. That's Friday, the first round of the women's NCAA tournament against South Dakota at 12:30 on ESPN2. There you go. But let's talk baseball. Baseball, and then I got a Mike White thought. But first, uh, if you haven't already, find me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Uh, send me a DM. It, it, I, you know, and I say that, and I've got a couple over the weekend that I have not responded to, and I feel like a jerk uh, about that. So usually, I'm pretty responsive in direct messages. So send uh, send me one if if you feel like it. I am an open book, willing to talk to you guys whenever, about whatever, anytime. So find me on Twitter at Michael Borky or Facebook under the same name or YouTube. I'm on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel under the same name. And um, I would appreciate that if you guys do that. Also, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, wherever you get them, if you're listening in browser, you can get this wherever you get your podcast. It'll notify you when another episode is uploaded so you don't miss one. I know sometimes the posting's a little inconsistent based on what's going on in my life, so you won't miss an episode if you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And this one is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi, anywhere inside of this state, and you're in the market for office technology, so copiers and printers and mail machines and phone systems, uh, but also like cloud storage and data security and IT projects and shipping systems. If it's technology that you use in your office, Advantage Business Systems has a solution for you. ABSMS.com, tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what your budget is and what you're looking for, and they will work with you for free. Also, podcast is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. The weather's finally getting better. So you're going to do a lot more grilling. And we sprung forward. So you get to spend some evenings outside instead of the sun setting at 5 o'clock. It sets at 7.30. So you can do some grilling and spend some time outside with your family before everybody's got to go to bed. Like I plan on doing literally tonight. You can do the same. But you got to get that started at LB's. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Go by and see Greg and tell him I sent you. Uh, they will help you if you're struggling with, with not knowing what to cook. They've got great ideas for you. Everything you need for cooking with meat, they've got you covered. And they're huge supporters uh, of Ole Miss baseball. You, if you go to games, you see LB's. Uh, and they also have some NIL deals with uh, some Ole Miss baseball players. So big supporters of your baseball program. And uh, the best place in this state to get meat. So, all right. So, women's basketball. Awesome 
awesome news there. Obviously, your men's team not included in March Madness. There's kind of been some radio silence uh, from the athletic department. I am curious to know why. Truthfully, I think the fact that they have been silent might be a sign of something. Or I could be dead wrong, and they don't. They just don't feel like they have to release any kind of a statement. But if that's how they feel, then they really have no idea how their fan base is feeling about their basketball program. That's something to keep an eye on moving forward. But your baseball team uh, ascended their way into number one for the second time. As you guys know, they did it last year and lost it after a week. And so hopefully that doesn't happen uh, again here with their trip to Lot. which, by the way, if you're going to that game, they have – a daiquiri, like you can get daiquiris at Southeast Louisiana baseball games. That's awesome. So if you're planning on making that trip or you're thinking about making that trip, maybe that'll be an incentive. But uh, they jump up to number one. And I know what happens right now doesn't matter. I mean, I'm firmly on that boat. I'm going to talk about this season and be interested in this season just like all the others. But really what this is going to come down to is what happens this summer. What happens in the postseason? Of course. It doesn't matter if you're number one right now. It only matters if you get through your regional and get through your super regional and make it to the College World Series. But still, it it should, as a fan, always feel good to see your team be ranked number one in the country. That matters. It's meaningful. It's important. And I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think people should just, you know, turn their noses up at it. Oh, well, we're number one, but it doesn't matter. I know. Everybody knows that. It only matters how you finish, not how you start or what happens before a conference play begins. But your rank's number one. That's pretty cool. It's an accomplishment. I don't know. I'm not going to turn my nose up at something like that. It's pretty cool that this team is ranked number one. Now, I think they've got flaws. I think if they don't correct some of these flaws, that they might be in trouble, of course. But they're still ranked number one. And the potential for them to live up to that billing is absolutely there. It is 150% there, I believe. So that was according to D1, by the way. That's the the ranking I'm going to use always. Only going to use D1 regardless of what it says compared to others. So there you go. Ole Miss on Friday beat Oral Roberts 16-2, to 16-2. And that's not a bad Oral Roberts team. Like, they're not great. They're, they're not even Auburn, who you're going to see this weekend. Certainly not bad, though. N- not a slouch by any means. They came in on the early season, like top 10 in the country offensively. They won't stay that way, of course, but uh, that is what they were going into the weekend. Uh, typically a pretty good program. Uh, definitely no slouch that came into town, and, and you really dominated on Friday, but things got a little little dicey for Gaddis on a couple of different occasions. Uh, he wasn't as much in command as you've seen the first couple of weeks this season, but I, I loved a couple of things about it. Uh, one, he didn't have his best stuff, and he still found ways to get out of jams and figure it out. I liked that because in his new role on Friday nights, the pressure is going to ramp up, as you guys know. And I thought he responded well. It's Oral Roberts. Nobody's in the stands. I understand. But he responded to pressure well, especially on a day when he clearly, clearly did not have his best stuff. And yet he battled through and made it work. I also like what Mike Bianco did, uh, though. I I saw a couple of people, you know, it's just Twitter or whatever, but I don't know how representative of the fans it actually was. But I did see people saying things like, 
Mike, go get him. You got to pull him, stuff like that. And, and Bianco let him work out of the situations that he created. And I like seeing that because, one, he figured out how to do it. That's got to be a huge confidence boost for Gaddis getting out of that. Um, but also, uh, Mike Bianco letting his guy get tested. It's not like, um, you know, he had a super high pitch count or anything like that. It, you know, he didn't destroy his arm by keeping him in these pressure situations, but I actually liked Mike Bianco doing that. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good, uh, to let his new Friday night guy get tested and get put in pressure situations because he's going to see a lot more of those and he responded well and, and I thought that was a good decision. So I that that could be a very small amount of the fan base that was actually saying that Bianco should have gone and pulled him uh it, you know multiple times when he was in kind of some deep stuff. And that didn't happen. And I actually I agree with that decision. Uh this offense absolutely just raked because that's what they do. Most of the time, that's what they'll do. I mean, what? Elko had seven RBIs in that game. You had um, just his one grand slam home run, but what was it? Leatherwood had a hit. Elko had three. Bench had two. Chatney had one. I mean, it just Gonzalez had one. Everybody was hitting, basically. Also, Ty Malone. I've got to give him credit, man. I mean, this is a guy that hadn't played baseball you know, competitively since a sophomore, his sophomore year in high school, because his junior year was ruined by COVID. His senior year was ruined by injury. He didn't get to go through fall ball like everybody else. Cause he was, you know, playing sec football. He comes into baseball, he gets another at bat and he sat on a breaking pitch and poked it into right field the opposite way. Like, like a champion. I mean, that guy's such an awesome athlete and, and his size compared to other baseball players is absurd. Like he just doesn't look like he belongs on that field uh, because he's just built differently than them. But uh, the plate maturity for a guy that hasn't played live baseball against opponents since a sophomore in high school, uh, looking like that, uh, and just a few at bats against non-conference teams and blowout games. But still, I mean, I'm just I am repeatedly. Really, really impressed uh, with him. Repeatedly really impressed with him. Game Saturday got snowed out. Quite literally, in the middle of March, it got snowed out. Like, the students left for spring break, and and, uh, and that is what you got. You got snowed out. Uh, Ole Miss won game one in seven innings, six to two. Uh, three errors. Those possibly creeping up again. Th this team... You know, game three pitching is still a question mark. Starting pitching in general is still a bit of a question mark. Um, they run into a lot of mistakes. They're making a lot of mistakes on the base pass right now. I mean, that's undeniable. Making too many mistakes on the base pass right now. And they'll occasionally have these weird um, games where, where errors just pile up like it did in, in game one on Sunday. Um Derek Diamond was pretty good, uh, you know, only through 55 pitches or so. I continue to hear that. Um, it doesn't matter, actually. Um, but he pitched well, struck out five in four innings pitched, was in control. I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of swing and miss stuff with him, but you already know that. Just one hit, though, in those four complete innings. Um, Should have been a confidence-boosting day for him after getting demoted, if you will, to Saturday. Um, that was a nice outing. That was a really nice outing for uh, for Derek Diamond, and you got the win in game one. In game two, things kind of unraveled. 
And I don't think it going down like this is a reason for uh, for anybody to think that Mike Bianco made the wrong decision. I, I think going with Doherty, making changes on Sunday was the right call. Um, you've seen Doherty pitch better than this. You've got a two-year sample size showing that he's better uh, than the way he pitched on Sunday. Uh, you know, maybe the new role is something that he's got to adjust in, but he's not typically this bad. Um, he just kind of ran into a good offense on, on a weird day, and um, Elliott actually took the loss, uh, but he struck out three and only gave up one run in his two innings of work, just two hits. And that as well, I'm interested to see if maybe he gets a look to start on the planes next week. I don't know. Uh, But Maddox came in, got kind of shelled for the first time this year, I believe. Uh, The young pitcher, just not his best day. And and Ole Miss loses a seven-inning game, too, uh, against, uh, I don't know if you want to call them a sleepy opponent. But, you know, sometimes in baseball you just lose games. Right? Sometimes you just lose games. Sometimes teams just jump on you and you're playing the second leg of a seven-inning doubleheader and it's cold and there's nobody in the stands and you just kind of lose games. Maybe that's what happened here. Um, I kind of feel like if given a couple more opportunities, this game would have been a lot more interesting. If it was a full nine-inning game, it wouldn't have necessarily looked like this. But I I still think, and I haven't seen anybody with a dissenting opinion about the change in the rotation, but if if you think that Bianco didn't make the right call, I would encourage you not to let one outing change the dynamics of the decision because you have a multi-year sample size of that particular pitcher not necessarily working in that role. You have a multi-year sample size of Jack Doherty being quite better than what you saw this Sunday. Um, and so far... You've also got with Elliott, a young pitcher with a whole ton of potential. I still think he should tinker with this a little bit. Um, but that's kind of what's holding this team back. I had somebody that sent me a message over the weekend saying, well, starting pitching is a concern for this team. I think it's I think it's more of a they've got to figure it out as opposed to there's no options. You know, maybe that's optimistic homer or whatever, but I don't think starting pitching is necessarily this is what they're going to be all season. I think the cup they've got to do a little bit more tinkering to figure out what they've got because there's potential there for them to be better than what they've shown so far this year, in my opinion. So either way. Uh, successful weekend, though. Really successful weekend. They, uh, they get a series win. They go 3-1 and one on the week. They move up to number one. Here comes SEC play. You go on the Plains, and Auburn is coming off of a series loss to Middle Tennessee State. So a chance for you to to get a couple on the road and steal a series on the road in the SEC before you have Tennessee come to town in what should be an absolute freaking slugfest. An absolute slugfest. And uh, looking forward to that one. So anyway, quick thought on this Mike White thing. So, I don't know where the rumors came from, but there were rumors that Mike White was interested in Ole Miss if if it were to come open and he would take the Ole Miss job if it were to come open. I still believe that to be true. I believe that if that job came open, Mike White would have taken it uh, immediately without hesitation. He clearly wanted to get out of Florida for whatever reason you want to come up with. 
He clearly wanted to get out of Florida. And it, it makes sense for him, right? Kind of reset, you know, get a four fresh years, stuff like that. New contract, more guaranteed money, because you know, all that stuff. Makes sense for him. But I did see a lot of people, and I've heard from a couple people that are mad now at Keith Carter for not firing Kermit in time, and now you lose your chance at Mike White. And this may not apply to everybody, but I know that these two people in particular that I talked to about this would have also not liked the Mike White hire at Ole Miss. Look, just because... Mike White took the Georgia job. Georgia job. I don't think that that doesn't mean anything to me, honestly. Because even if they decided to move on from Kermit, who's to say that Mike White would have been the choice anyway? And honestly, I think you can do better. I, I know he's a good, he's a very good basketball coach, and he's an alum, and, and people like him around here. But I think you can do better. So just because he's now, quote-unquote, off the table, I mean, does that mean you can't make a good hire? Bull. I don't buy that at all. So some of this this fan reaction to Mike White going to Georgia, oh, Keith Carter's an idiot. He dragged his feet. Now look at what happened. That wouldn't have been your favorite hire anyway. What are you mad about? He would have been fine. It would have been fine. I would have gone on here and told you it was a fine hire. It was, it was good. You know, he's been to the tournament a lot lately. But I don't think it would have been the best. Anyway, for whatever that's worth. I know that's kind of a milk toast take, but for whatever that's worth to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you very, very much for being along the ride on these short podcasts a few times a week. And, um, uh, don't forget to follow and, and all that. Listen to the radio show, all those things. Subscribe, like, follow, all that stuff. Everywhere. You can find me everywhere. And uh, I appreciate you wherever uh, you did. So, y'all have a good week. I'll talk to you again here very soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.